In the future, your neighborhood pharmacy may be very different than it is today. We'll talk about that next on The Scope. Examining the latest research and telling you about the latest breakthroughs. The Science and Research Show is on The Scope. I'm talking with Dr. Mike Feehan, a visiting professor in the College of Pharmacy at the University of Utah. Dr. Feehan, in five or ten years, how might our neighborhood pharmacy be different than it is today? That's a really interesting question. I think what may change in the future is going to be a greater likelihood that you might not just be going in for your high blood pressure medication. You might be going in there to get your bottle of milk. And at the same time, you've been noticing that you've had this earache that's been building for the last couple of days. So rather than make an appointment to see your physician, you might just see a practice nurse at the pharmacy while you're there, get a diagnosis, get a prescription for an antibiotic, and talk to the pharmacist about what uh, you know the risks and benefits of that medication are for you, and then get your milk on your way out. <laughs> so more, perhaps more kind of on-demand healthcare Yes, and we're seeing this happen now uh, with the likes of uh, CVS with their minute clinics. You know, you can go and you can get seen for a limited range of uh, primary care needs and you can get seen very quickly and relatively affordably without having to go through the process of traveling and visiting your doctor. One possibility is that the pharmacy would become kind of more part of the healthcare continuum. Right, exactly. Sort of acute care needs that might not require complex medical consultation, but still require, um, you know, a trained healthcare professional providing advice. And what we uh, would like to see is a world where pharmacists are not being perhaps seen so much in the dispensing of medication role, but in a much more counseling the patient about what constitutes good healthcare, good adherence, things like that. And working in a model where that patient participation is encouraged. So you're actually doing research um, to try to figure out what this future pharmacy of the future will look like. Um, tell us a little bit about what you're doing. Sure. Um, we're actually doing one of the world's largest, most comprehensive uh, surveys looking at what people might want uh, in the potential range of services that could be offered by their pharmacies. We're also interviewing uh, a large proportion of pharmacists to see what services they may or may not be willing to provide. And we're also looking uh, to survey reimbursement decision makers to see whether these services would likely be reimbursed. And the basic approach is we'd like to build a linked model where we basically try and output what is the optimum pharmacy, given all the range of services that you could provide, what is the pharmacy service package that will attract the most customers and provide pharmacists with the greatest degree of personal and occupational satisfaction and to be sustainable what are the services that are most likely to be reimbursed? Correct me if I'm wrong, but this is kind of a new approach, right? I mean, it's kind of looking at it from more of a business perspective than... uh, Yes, that's one way to look at it. Mm -hmm. Um, When we think about any uh, purchase decision we make, um, human beings are very good simulators. Our brains are very good computers. So if I were to ask you tonight, you know, where what are your dinner plans and where might you go? You might think, well, I could go to McDonald's, I could go to the local IHOP, or I could go to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. That choice is made up of you determining which of all the different attributes are most important to you, Mm -hmm. whether it's location, price, travel time, whether it's going to rain and is there good parking. And so you factor in all those attributes, and then you make a decision that's the optimal for you. And this is done in industry all the time. We will build... um, 
what are called discrete choice models, where we uh, model what is the optimum configuration of any product or any service. So you, you present people with different choices and they pick from among those choices. What we try to do is present people with a real-world uh-huh. experimental choice. If I were to ask you as a, uh, as a consumer, what is most important about whatever service or product you might want, uh, probably everything becomes pretty important. Um, and, and in healthcare, if I asked you what's important, you're going to say that you want your healthcare to be delivered easily. You want good access. It has to be cheap. It has to be affordable. And unless we put a trade-off in there, mm-hmm. I see. then you get this common sense response that everything is important. And we all know that everyone wants the best quality healthcare uh, for free or as close to free as possible. So we try and build trade-offs in there. Just as you make a trade-off, whether you're going to go to McDonald's because it's close or you're going to go to another restaurant that's further away, here we'll be getting people to make choices. Would you rather use this particular pharmacy that offers this combination of features, or would you rather use this pharmacy that offers a different range of services? And then we don't actually ask people what services they want. By their choice, we then model behind the scenes what were the factors in those scenarios describing the pharmacies that actually drove the choice. Something you had mentioned before is that one possibility would be able to create different types of pharmacies for different places, say rural versus urban and and things like that. Right, and that's really important. Uh, We are planning to survey close to 10,000 consumers, and we'll be selecting them from all across the country, from all walks of life of different ethnicities, different geographies, uh, different urban versus rural settings. And we could see, uh, and probably what we will see, is that Consumers who live in more rural sectors may actually wish their pharmacies to offer a broader range of services. Uh, As we know, there are fewer and fewer primary care physicians available. It's more complex to serve the more remote communities. But people still go to their community pharmacy embedded in a grocery store every week. So we may see more demand in that setting rather than in a highly urbanized setting that has a whole breadth of primary care services that are readily available. And then uh, what do you do with that information after you collect all that data? Um, how do you help the pharmacies to listen? Yeah, so what we want to do ultimately is to develop some pilot interventions where we will be able to compare across different pharmacies within a chain um, which pharmacies have better outcomes for their patients. And that will include self-report uh, and also secondary data like reduced hospital admissions, things like that. Um, so, you know, we really want to see this research being used to stimulate change. And do you think people are ready for it? Do you think people are ready to think about their pharmacy in kind of a different way? I think that's always interesting. If I asked you 10 years ago, um, would you like an Instagram app on your phone? <laughs> you true. wouldn't be able to articulate the need for that because it's a novel thing. Yeah. Here what we're doing is getting people to think about their pharmacies in a different way. And I think we will see with the implementation of things like CVS's uh, Minute Clinics, Walmart providing um, healthcare clinics for its employees and their stores, this continued growing acceptance that maybe the role of the pharmacy could change. Interesting, informative, and all in the name of better health. This is the Scope Health Sciences Radio.